Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Good evening. And blessings. And welcome to another installment of the Gist for Freedom of Space. This show is produced by acclaimed historian, educator, and author, Leslie Gist and serves as our weekly live online discussion to celebrate the African-American experience by honoring all the people, past and present, black and white, who, with faith and focus, are preserving our rich history through literature, the arts, the skilled trades, and the humanities. We thank you for joining us tonight, and we'd love you to be a part of tonight's discussion by calling in with your comments or questions to 347 324 Good evening, everyone. My name is Preston Washington. I'm your host this evening. And tonight our program will be focusing on a speech by Dr. Martin Luther King that he made prior to um, the speech at, uh, in Washington, on the March on Washington, in reference to redeeming the check. Be sure to remind yourself that you can pick up these shows via www.blackhistoryuniversity.com. And we're going to be playing that tape here uh, very shortly. Good evening and blessings. And welcome to another installment of the Gist of Freedom of Space. This show is produced by acclaimed historian, educator, and author, Leslie Gist Etheridge, and serves as our weekly live online discussion to celebrate the African-American experience by honoring all the people, past and present, black and white, who, with faith and focus, are preserving our rich history through literature, the arts, the skilled trades, and the humanities. We thank you for joining us tonight, and we'd love you to to be a part of tonight's discussion by calling in with your comments or questions to 347-324-5552. Again, that number is 347-324-5552. At the very same time that America refused to give the Negro any land, through an act of Congress, Our government was giving away millions of acres of land in the West and the Midwest, which meant that it was willing to undergird its white peasants from Europe with an economic floor. But not only did they give the land, they built land-grant colleges with government money to teach them how to farm. Not only that, they provided county agents to further their expertise in farming. Not only that, they provided low interest rates in order that they could mechanize their farms. Not only that, today many of these people are receiving millions of dollars in federal subsidies not to farm, and they are the very people telling the black man that he ought to lift himself by his own bootstraps. 
And this is what we are faced with. And this is the reality. Now, when we come to Washington in this campaign, we are coming to get our check. Okay, there you have it, a speech, very short speech by Martin Luther King um, relative to the government subsidizing farmers, white farmers, immigrants, not to farm. And you notice he mentioned that it was in the West and the Midwest, and this was the time of the gold rush of 1849. And it was the gold rush that fueled the new and improved Fugitive Slave Law of 1850. And uh, the first slave law, Fugitive Slave Law, was enacted in 1792. And um, that act came about in terms of the Fugitive Slave Law in 1850 because a number of slaves were escaping in droves uh, via the Underground Railroad and uh, we're having a little technical difficulty here if you're having a hard time hearing me. And we should get that straightened out here in just a bit. Um, Martin Luther King, in that uh, very short speech, also mentioned the establishment by the government of land grant for colleges. Uh, for these immigrants who were new to America, uh, just coming in and was given a foothold in the country. And actually, it was the Black Reconstruction Senators who introduced the bills and passed them for black schools. Uh, quite a twist on what was going on that time during the Reconstruction period. Virginia Union uh, was one of those schools established. And you'll recall that's where uh, we had a mass shooting there uh, a while back. And Hampton Institute was also established during that period. And that was established in order to keep segregation amongst the Ivy League schools in the East and uh, those land-grant colleges established in the North, or in the South, I'm sorry. And uh, when the war ended, this is, that is, the Civil War, When it ended, more uh, black colleges in the South established. Um, again, I'm sorry if you're, if you're having trouble hearing me. We hope to get that improved here in just a bit. Let the, uh, the engineers working on that volume let me know uh, if and when my volume 
uh, increases. Um, making some adjustments here. Hopefully we'll improve that. If our listeners would like to join in on the conversation, they can do that at 347-324-5552. If you have a comment or question about our topic tonight in reference to one might call reparations or the lack of reparations that Martin Luther King was calling for, and if you will recall, that particular speech was very out of character um, from his normal uh, civil rights uh, speeches, considering the I Have a Dream speech um, that he made there that day at Washington uh, when he was uh, championed on by uh, Mahalia Jackson by her sitting behind him and saying, tell them about the dream, Martin, tell them about the dream. Um, Martin probably had a lot on his mind and a lot that he wanted to get said day in Washington, D.C. And he did mention that they had come to Washington to collect on that promissory note uh, promised to them. Um by the United States government, by the Constitution, etc. However, he did not mention that day in Washington about white European peasants being financially supported on the backs of his forefathers. And we can conclude from that speech that was clearly on his mind. And uh, again, he... Uh, exercised probably great restraint um, considering the the magnitude of the march, considering the political atmosphere in the country at that time, particularly in the South, particularly amongst the Ku Klux Klan, white citizens councils, organizations such as that. And He was very leery, perhaps, in that arena um, that the politicians were worried that he would say something very radical. That is, the white politicians were very concerned. And um, Martin Luther King was extremely serious about redeeming that check promissory note and uh, there was a stream failure uh, pointed out by him in that previous speech that America had not lived up to its promise and uh, prior to that march on Washington he had a children's march earlier and uh, to his disappointment they were jailed Hundreds and hundreds of children were jailed and they were held for ransom. So, being held for ransom, he then had to go to New York City uh, to Governor Rockefeller 
to plead for the release and to also plead for bail money from Mr. Rockefeller. So that reference to the check had double meaning. You wanted the money for the kids and the money for reparations to black Americans who had suffered under slavery. And that reparation could have also been in land, 40 acres and a mule. And he was somewhat disappointed, fed up, if you will, with folks telling us that we had to pull our own self up by our own bootstraps. And even when attempting to pull ourselves up by our bootstraps, we were being dragged by those bootstraps further and further and deeper and deeper down into poverty by paying our tax dollars being used to pay immigrants coming to the country who were being subsidized to farm. They were being subsidized to mechanize. They were given uh, counselors instructing them on how to grow crops, how to farm. And uh, it was just here recently, I believe in the last... uh, two to three weeks where finally a settlement came about um, two black farmers for what they had to suffer, the discrimination, the lack of assistance, financial assistance, etc. And thanks to President Obama and his administration, uh, that agreement was finally reached and uh, black farmers finally uh, are going to get paid for all that they had to put up with. And you will recall there was a lady by the name of Shirley Sherrod, uh, the lady that he fired and had to beg her to return to her job to the Department of Agriculture. The white Tea Party put up a number of lies about her, untruths, etc., that she was being uh, prejudiced towards white farmers, which was absolutely not the case. The lady was just trying to get a fair deal for black farmers. Uh, white farmers were already getting their good deeds, good deal from the government, and black farmers were suffering all along. And in her attempting to help them, that is, black farmers, she was accused of being prejudiced and being racist, which caused her uh, her termination. And the lady was a fighter. Um, you will recall that her father was a farmer, that he had been murdered by the KKK uh, for his activism for black farmers. And um, so she was up against a lot. Uh, She was a Christian. Uh, She was helping white farmers at the same rate that she was helping black farmers. And there was some video put out that just lied about her activities. 
and you could probably go to YouTube and Google her name, Shirley Sherrard, S-H-A-R-R-O-D, Shirley, and get a view of this. Also, if you Google her name, you will discover that she has recently wrote a book about her experience, uh, about being fired, um, what she had to go through, Um, what a conversation between she and Reverend King would be like uh, had he survived. Uh, again, just Google her name and uh, for that video, and also if you should want to obtain a copy of her book. And um, now that you've listened to this speech, what do you think uh, King would say to her? What do you think her his response? Well, I'm certainly he would have given her uh, a high five for the work that she was doing uh, to seeing uh, seeing that black farmers were being compensated equally as white farmers, and uh, probably would have stood by her and protest her firing. Take a moment here and to move back to the subsidies and the training that the white peasant farmers were receiving, paid for by United States taxes, which included, as we know, black folks' taxes. And coming out of slavery, um, the white government is telling us, that is, black folks, that agriculture was useless. You need to pull yourself up by your bootstraps. That it was beneath us. We had no business wanting to be farmers, although we had spent 400-plus years in slavery as farmers. Uh, and now, all of a sudden, after emancipation, they uh, relied on Booker T. Washington, who insisted that the black man get involved in the skilled trades. Uh, some black folks uh, thought he was accommodationist and Uncle Tom. Um, simply because the government uh, endorsed uh, his views on the direction that black folks should move in terms of economics, in terms of work, in terms of what trades to get into or not get into. So they were pushing us towards classical education and the talented tenth. And while they're doing all of that, again, they were paying the peasant European just arriving to take our land. There was, uh, right after emancipation, 
the uh, Abandoned Land Act in the South where some blacks were able to obtain land. However, the government turned around and took that land and gave it away to the white peasants, farmers, Europeans, immigrants to this country, and treating those immigrants of those days quite differently um, from the way they are treating immigrants today from uh, Mexico, South America, Central America, and et cetera. Um, number of the uh, white power structure laughed at uh, George Washington Carver uh, simply because he was a simple peanut farmer and uh, a lot of blacks got tricked into buying into the classic college prep route and uh, they really overlooked the genius of George Washington Carver uh, at that particular time. It was only in later life that uh, he was recognized for his genius, uh, but not at the time that it counted. Not back right after emancipation and during the 1870s and the 1880s, uh, etc. Uh, and blacks needed to really get into some positive uh, endeavors and knowing what they knew. They knew the land. Uh, there's no doubt about that. They knew the land, okay? Uh, but the government was not ready to subsidize uh, black folks to utilize that knowledge of the land that they possessed. And they had other skills. Uh, some of them used those skills, carpenter skills, blacksmithing, etc. Some of those individuals bought themselves out of slavery. Uh, prior to emancipation, utilizing those skills, but were not given any incentive, any financial incentive um, to utilize those skills, to set up businesses. Um, and most of the land um, that a lot of black folks uh, were given, they were hoodwinked out of. Uh, particularly around Indian Territory. When that Treaty of 1866, blacks were taken in and given 120 acres uh, per members of the household. Um, that land was hoodwinked away from the owners at the time. Uh, when the uh, bow weevils came along and ate up all the crops. Uh, here again, black folks were hoodwinked again and into uh, migrating north to cities that were already overcrowded, cities that were segregated. Job opportunities were nil, and segregation was probably more blatant in these northern crowded cities than they were in the South. At least in the South, black folks knew where they stood. They knew the conditions. They knew where they could go and could not go. Coming to the North, they think it was going to be different and weren't exactly sure where they could go and where they couldn't go. So they met a lot of hostility. 
in the north. And getting back to George Washington Carver, uh, no one paid attention to him when he wanted to restore the land, get back to the crops, get back to the simple crops, and study and analyze the mysteries of peanuts and crops of that nature. And it wasn't only peanuts. I mean, the man was very well versed in a number of uh, crops and the uses, uh, green beans, navy beans. I mean, but no one wanted to listen to George Washington Carver at that particular time. So the access to land, access to livelihood was still being thwarted by the government along with black southerners, Ku Klux Klan, uh, etc. We lost so many, so many skills. Um, I'm reminded too here that there's a book, The Warmth of Other Suns. Um, and I'll get you the author here in just a minute. The, mark, the Warmth of Other Suns. So what have we lost in the interim uh, today? Uh, do we know how to grow food? Are you old enough to remember when your mother canned vegetables and potatoes and greens, apples and peaches and pears that you laid off during the winter? Are there any African Americans out there now under the age of 40 who do that regularly, who know how to do that? Okay. Um, right now, we can't survive without the neighborhood bodega or the supermarket. Okay, living in the city, we're running off to McDonald's for Happy Meals. And believe it or not, fruit is better for us, but a Happy Meal is less expensive than a bag of fruit. So it undermines our knowledge, our ability, our want to, to eat more fruit and vegetables when they put out a healthy meal for a dollar ten and include the fries and throw in a toy. And we all know the kids are wanting that toy more so than they're wanting the hamburger and the fries. And mom and dad's wanting to save a little money so they don't mind going in spending that dollar ten, dollar fifteen, whatever and happy meal costs you these days. In our markets, supermarkets, especially in the black community, are more scarce than McDonald's. We have more McDonald's in our neighborhoods, I bet, than we have churches anymore. Um, we're infested with liquor stores, fast foods, and supermarkets are just becoming extinct. Um, number of black shoppers have to go 10, 15, 20 miles outside the urban cores, grocery stores, supermarkets, where they can buy fruit, vegetables, etc. The liquor stores, fast foods, oh yeah. They're all about us. Uh, mega farmers are replacing family-owned farms 
And a lot of those family armed farms, the black folks, they're getting moved out. Uh, Chipotle, McDonald's, Burger King's, all these fast food places, folks, are going into mega farming, mega cattle raising, okay, and creating that food chain from their farm to that McDonald's into our neighborhoods. Same thing happening with corn. A lot of the corn products and the chips and potato chips and corn chips, etc. are being overtaken by the mega farmer, the giant farmer, pushing the little man out. Uh, same as being done with chicken. State of Arkansas, parts of Oklahoma, Texas. Uh, the mega chicken farmers are just taking over. Much to the chagrin of some state legislatures, but not enough to make a difference when these large mega farmers have very strong um, lobbyists in Washington, D.C., lobbying night and day. A lot of farmers, if you know, or a lot of farmland, if you notice around the city you live in, being replaced with housing development. And they're being placed there, and there are no jobs there. Okay, taking the farmland, building a large home, moving people off that farmland, and it's not being replaced by jobs. Now, let's get back to um, Dr. King, very learned man, Ph.D., and he was extremely uh, concerned and highly valued farmers. The man was really in tune to the economic plot of what plot of what was going on here in this country. Um, a number of us, a number of our educated black folks look down and don't support the working black man. Think that might be the case? You want to weigh in on that? Where should our education be going right now? And in your home, when you have a furnace problem, plumbing problem, and you call for help, who shows up? They're $45, $50, $55 an hour. And that hour starts 15 minutes before they arrive at your house to work on your plumbing or your furnace. How many times have you called and how many times has a technician got there look like you? Should we still move towards higher classical education or should we move back to the Booker T. Washington model? What do you think about that? You don't want to give us a call, send our producer, Leslie Gist. You can send her an email at Leslie at the gift of freedom dot com and she'll be happy to uh, pass your concerns and questions and comments on 
and we'll get them on the air. Or you can join us in the Facebook chat room. And you should send her a friend request, Leslie, Leslie Gist. That's L-E-S-L-E-Y-G-I-S-T. Yeah, so the question is, should we continue on with pressing towards classical higher education or should we revive the Booker T. Washington model, get involved with skills, learn to work with our hands, get into this plumbing, refrigeration, furnace work, etc.? Don't forget, a lot of black folks are being wiped out by hurricanes and other disasters and really not able to, uh, when those disasters and hurricanes come up, we don't have the skills amongst our people to be amongst the responders. And... um, I want to mention, too, um, also about the last show that we had here on the Gist of Freedom. Uh, you can hear that on iTunes at www.blackhistory.com when our guest was talking about the migration of black folks and uh, coming to America and the institution and the development of the slave trade, the Atlantic slave trade. And uh, a very informative show that we have for you uh, Thursday past. Go to iTunes, www.blackhistory.com. Upcoming shows, uh, we will have a guest who will be talking to us about um, the Seward House, John Seward, who was the, a member of Abraham Lincoln's uh, cabinet, that he was somewhat of an abolitionist. However, his wife was probably a stronger abolitionist than he, and that she took to hiding fugitives um, in, her, in the house that they live in. And that show, by the way, will be Thursday. Uh, this coming Thursday, um, October 31st, coming to you at uh, PM Eastern Time. Okay, we're about ready to close this segment. And... Um, close about what's going on in the news and the the big news right now is the Affordable Health Care Act is rolling in and it is up. Boats are being worked out in the enrollment system Um, and in spite of all the trouble that they're having with the website thousands and thousands of people are signing up. In fact, the trouble that they're having uh, was caused by a crash to the computer system because so many people, thousands and thousands of people, were rushing in to uh, sign up. Um, It's a boom to poor folk 
and also folk who had a pre-existing condition. Um, and people are just signing up by droves. And the only and that's the only criticism that Tea Partiers can come up with um, is that the computer system is not working. Also, I want to remind you that uh, this is the last week of the Brits Black History Month in uh, Britain. Other newsworthy items, uh, Cory Booker of New Jersey is the ninth black elected United States Senator, Cory Booker, state of New Jersey, and only the ninth since Reconstruction, since emancipation practically, to be elected to the United States Senate. And I'm sure he's going to serve his constituents uh, very well at sending there uh, from the state of New Jersey. Congratulations to Cory Booker and his uh, campaign. And uh, we're looking for people like you amongst our listeners to come in and interview genealogists, writers, scholars, artists, playwrights, anything dealing with American history via the black experience. Here again, get a hold of our producer, Leslie Gist, and that's Leslie at thegistoffreedom.com. If you'd like to be a host or if you'd like to be interviewed, um, get a hold of our producer, Leslie Gist. My name is Preston Washington. I've been your host. Don't forget to join us this Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. We're going to have a very good show for you. And we'll be talking a little bit about Harriet Tubman and what the Seward House um, is doing uh, to bring her story uh, forth and to the forefront. Good night, everyone. Lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.